Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for joining us. Um, I have an amazing guest on today. Her name's Annie Smith. Welcome, Annie. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, I want to give a little bit of a shout out to our sponsor, um, Veracity Networks. Thank you for supporting this and sponsoring me. And I also want to give a a shout out to Paul Cardall. The music that you're hearing now and you'll hear at the end of the podcast, he has given me permission to use his music and uh, he's amazing. And I just want to give him a little shout out. Um, A little background on Annie. Uh, She's a wife to Jeremy and a mother to their combined total soon to be nine children. Wow, that's a big family. I love it. Uh, She has a nonprofit called Hashtag Fly, which we're going to know more about here. But uh, she explains that her life purpose is to help women who have lost their way due to abuse. Sometimes trauma can be so severe that there is a disconnect that occurs in the brain that causes women to become unrecognizable to themselves in the mirror. And uh, Annie has a very unique way of actually helping these uh, women connect. And we're going to talk more about that. Uh, Her passion for helping abuse survivors stems from her being a survivor herself. And she's going to share some of that with us today. So I'm just so excited to have her on. And I know many of you. Uh, have probably been through similar uh, trauma and uh, or you know someone that has and this story is going to be one that uh, is going to help and uh, I can't wait to get the word out. So so welcome Annie. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. So why don't you give us a little background. Tell us a little bit about your family and kind of where you grew up. Okay so I grew up in Salt Lake, the border of West Valley and Salt Lake here okay. in Utah right on. and I grew up with six brothers and in a very loving home (laughs) yes were you the youngest i was right in the middle so three older and three younger (laughs) so just spot you know my parents they just kept trying to give me a sister and it just didn't work out didn't happen lots of brothers so but we are we're we're close-knit we're a pretty close family and what was your childhood like what was it well we grew up in a 900 square foot home so wow. we were just jam-packed in there, and <laughs> so we had no choice but to play with each other, right? And <laughs> right. to get to know each other really yeah, well. Yeah, sure. So I grew up just riding my bike and, and you know, getting dirty, playing in the dirt, and and <laughs> we were pretty poor, and but I don't, I don't remember knowing that at the time, you know. Just yeah, it's funny as kids, you don't. That's not even an issue. You know, parents probably worry about that, obviously. But yeah, but yeah as kids, you're probably thinking, hey, life's good. Yeah. This is, right? What's wrong with this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that, and then I, I went to uh, junior high, high school, went to Granite High School um, okay. in Salt Lake and, and was pretty involved in, in sports and student government and dance and all the things that I could. It was a fairly small school at the time and right. was able to be involved in, in quite a bit. Right. So. Were you a pretty confident uh, girl growing up, do you think? I would say that I appeared confident, but mm-hmm. deep down inside, uh, there were traumas that happened as a child that we can get to in sure. a minute yeah. that caused me to question everything about my existence. And yeah. Um, and myself, my body. Yeah, and I do want to get into that. The reason why I asked the question mm-hmm. is you're involved with a lot of things. And a lot of times that typically means, you know, you're pretty confident in your, in your own skin. 
you're willing to put yourself out there a little bit. Uh, but sometimes that could be a way to cope with some things as well. Mm-hmm. I see a quote behind you that says the bumblebee's wings are too small to fly, but the bumblebee doesn't know that. I kind of relate to that. Like okay. I, I was maybe <laughs> didn't have the, the exact skill set for all the things that I did, but I didn't know that. It right. just I saw my older brothers do all of these things. So I was like, well, I'm going to do them, too. Right on. So I just did them. And, and yeah. you know, I that's just what I that's just what I did. So. Yeah. So was it tough being with, you know, all the brothers? Were they were they rough on you? Were they tough on you? Did you have to kind of like stand up for yourself around they were, them? They were just the right roughness, okay. if that makes sense. But, okay. but super sweet at the same time. I have so many memories of my brothers self-sacrificing for me and yeah. trying to make my my upbringing a, a great one as well so right. that's great well why don't we just get right into it and you know i know you've gone through some trauma yourself and you just mentioned that uh, just a minute ago why don't you share with us that experience and kind of what you went through and, and we'll kind of take it from there okay so as a child like i said i grew up in a, in a wonderful loving home and maybe in an area that wasn't the best but mm-hmm uh, we had some neighborhood kids come over and one of them sexually abused me on multiple occasions for kind of an entire summer when I was mm. 10 years old. Okay. Was and he older? He was Which, older. He okay. was six years older, gotcha. six to seven years older. Uh, and I, after a little bit, I, I did, my, it's like my brain deleted the memories of that. I did mm. not remember it. I had triggers that would happen different songs, different genres of music that would trigger me, but I had no idea what was going on. Really? And, uh, and so I, that led to, just because I don't have the memory doesn't mean my body doesn't react to it. So that led to a lot of different, um, results of trauma. So eating disorder, your body dysmorphia, uh, disconnecting, things like that, that kind of lived with me into my adult life right, and caused me to believe that I didn't have worth and that I wasn't of value and that my body was disgusting. Somehow this experience had made me feel that my body was disgusting. You know, I hear that a lot, Annie, with a lot of the clients I've worked with in the past who have been through similar things that you have, that the exact word that you, they felt disgusting. Yes. Why do you think that is? I think it's because when something happens at such a young age, when our brain hasn't developed the ability to mm-hmm. process through this really appropriately, right? that's the only word that we can come up with. So something disgusting happens to me, so I'm disgusting. Somehow we relate that to, that's us. Right. We pinpoint yeah. that as, that's me. So as you went through that, you said it went on for a few years, you said? A summer. Oh, a summer. Sorry. <clears throat> I mm-hmm. apologize. Did you, did anyone know this? Did, did did someone find out that it was happening? Did you end up telling anyone? No, I, so a couple of years ago, so obviously I, I speak about this quite a bit now, Yeah. Uh, but at the time I didn't tell anybody and it wasn't until about five years ago that I, that I started to put this all together of, of what had, ha- you know, what had happened in uh-huh. relation to other things. And I, I, what was the question? <laughs> well, um, just trying to figure out, like, did, did anyone know about it? Did okay, you tell anyone? Did go. you share that? So I asked my mom, mom, did I talk to you about it? And she said, all I know is you came to me and said, I am not comfortable with this kid coming over anymore. Can you please tell him not to come over? Uh, okay. And so my mom did. 
she okay. she did and that is how it stopped that's how it stopped yeah so i did not disclose anything to her i did not tell her all i asked for was for her to stop having him come over right so. and, and you were 10 at the time is that yes. correct so did your mom try to maybe probe a little bit more on you know do you remember or maybe I, not so not not in that conversation i don't think but okay. i i know that that was a concern for her um, not, not with this kid specifically, but I know that on the, in the back of her mind, that was a concern, but yeah. in that day and age, it wasn't something that was like, it was so, you just don't talk about right. it. You worry about it, but you don't talk about it yeah. and you hope it doesn't happen. Right. But it wasn't this open dialogue that we encourage today. Yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of, that's it's kind of turned into one of your passions now as you're trying to open that dialogue. Is that correct? That is So correct. you have a nonprofit foundation called... Hashtag fly. Mm -hmm. Tell us what that is and, and how you came up with this. So hashtag fly is a nonprofit that works with women who have experienced trauma and they, we work to reconnect the brain to the body. Mm. Sometimes trauma can affect women so deeply that their brains disconnect from their bodies in a way that they don't recognize when when they look in the mirror or look at pictures of themselves. Mm. I think a lot of women think that it's, they don't want to look at pictures of themselves because they think, Oh, I don't like what I look like. I don't like that. I'm maybe a little bit overweight or I'm too skinny or my hair is not done. It's yes, that exists. Right. But I think a lot of women have a hard time because when they're looking at these pictures, they're not connecting that that's them. They're not mm. connecting they, they see and they know it's them. It's not that deep of a disconnect, but right. it's it's uncomfortable because they don't recognize themselves. It's not a, it's not a, I don't like to see it. It's I don't want to see it. Oh, wow. So I we do makeovers and photo shoots to help them reconnect in a way that they can look at these pictures in the moment and know that it's them, that they are feeling their their strongest version of themselves okay. and be able to connect in that way so that they can, it, it's not all healing. It's, it's a part of their healing part, it's a of, part it. of the story. Yeah. No, that's good to know that. And how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this for about five years. Right so my, my, uh, my journey led me to an abusive marriage and I was, I was married for nine years. And when I left that marriage, my brother looked at me and said, I don't recognize you. You mm. are not the sister that I remember. So I'm going to give you a challenge. And he left that day giving me $500 and said, I want you to find yourself with this money. I don't know what that means. I don't know mm -hmm. what you're going to do with it, but you need to find yourself with this money. So it sat in my closet for a year. I wanted really? to make a difference. I, I yeah. wanted to, to do something with it. And along the way, I did a makeover and photo shoot for myself. I am a makeup artist and I am a, a photographer. Okay. So these are things that I do a lot. Sure, and yeah. I wanted to put myself in the position of my client. So I did that. And when I got the pictures back, it shook me to the core. This woman that I was looking at was beautiful. She was so strong and she was confident and she was everything that her, her entire life people would tell her, but she didn't believe it because she didn't see it. But she saw it that day. So when I got those pictures back, my brother said, hey, I think this is it. Why don't you start doing this for other women that are right. experiencing what you're experiencing? These are your gifts. Yeah. I, and initially I thought, well, <laughs> what do I have to give? What do I have to offer? I'm this broken woman who's been through terrible, terrible things. 
I don't have all I do is hair and makeup and all I do is pictures right yeah well, no I do hair and makeup and I do pictures and for heaven's right. sakes I'm gonna make a difference with my skill set wow. so I started doing that and that's where the money went and it just progressed from there and started into this journey of self-healing and also helping other women recognize what's going on with them so. wow well I could see the emotion behind yeah. what you were saying and obviously you're very passionate about this what a great brother I mean, seriously, for your brother to to point that out, I mean, that chokes me up, Mm -hmm. thinking that your brother would notice something that you were off and you were struggling, obviously, and for him to go, hey, here's here's some money. I don't know what you're going to do with it, but you need to go figure this out. Yeah. I mean, and that how he kept kind of pushing you. And his his one of his words were, uh, he he said to me, I feel like you're going to get through this with service. And I, that made me mm. want to curl up in a ball. I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, service to me at that point was like bringing meals to people, watching people's kids. Well, I had a one, three and five year old that I was 100% <laughs> responsible for. Right. I was poor as dirt, you know? And uh-huh. so I was like, what do I have to offer in that? So it, it was a way of looking <laughs> within me and finding like, okay, I can serve people in my own way. Right. right? right. <laughs> so, anyway <laughs> no that's that's beautiful well if we go back to you know you said you had this when you went through it yourself it started forming these beliefs that you had about yourself that were irrational and negative one that you were disgusting you know the other was you know you, you know maybe you weren't good enough how did as you how did that play a part in you growing up having that belief about you talk a little bit about that because i think so many women unfortunately who've gone through that feel that same way or believe that well so when when the when the physical abuse stops there's this cloud over our our own heads this cloud of abuse that we do to ourselves and it's this negative cycle talk that that continues and it prevented me from truly becoming i feel who i could have at the time it it made me feel like well um, what, let, you know, we can talk about dating. I didn't have the confidence to go after guys that would actually treat me well. I, I didn't have the confidence to try out for specific parts because I felt I'm not good enough. Right. I, I'm going to be shut down and, and it prevent it. It's kind of like this pause that I have to take where it's like, okay, is this real or is this the negative talk? And so I've had to develop that over the years and how to navigate that because it's just, it's tricky. So is that something you figured out on your own or did you you, uh, go through any type of therapy or did you have someone helping you? I did. I went through an addiction um, specialist program because because my ex-husband had an addiction. And so I needed to understand what he went through to understand what he did to me. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was crucial because it allowed me to also look within me and, and figure out, Mm. okay, so I have, I have an addiction to food and, and it's a result of all of this. Right. And, and so I don't know, like, how am I channeling my pain and where am I putting it instead of actually processing through it? So I did a lot of therapy to kind of help me, but it's interesting because I feel like now that I know a lot of the journey that that you should take, I kind of came up with it on my own. And I did this on my own as well. And it just happened to be that it was the right things to do, right? Wow, that's powerful. You know, we often hear, especially now, it's kind of like popular to say all our answers are within us. Mm-hmm. That's as if you ha- almost tapped into what you kind of instinctively already knew. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because I think we instinctively know that despite what we've gone through, it doesn't mean somehow we're bad or, 
you know, to use the word you use, disgusting right. or things like that. I get why we feel that way, uh, especially when we've gone through something traumatic. But the truth of the matter is that uh, ultimately there's really nothing wrong because of what we went through. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 So how has it been dealing with your clients that you've been working with over the last five years at, at uh, hashtag uh, fly? So the very first session that I did, I went <laughs> home and she had been out of her relationship that she left for a year and okay. she was so amazingly strong. And I thought, okay, here I am. I, and I, I got connected with her through an, a, for, through a shelter. Okay. And so she, I met with her and I thought, how am I supposed to help her? I felt so weak. I felt like I cannot do this, but the more I did and the more I saw my ability to connect and help with them and their ability to, to connect with me and, mm-hmm. and find strength within themselves. And it's been amazing. I have had women collapse in my arms after seeing the back of my camera, just a little unedited. I don't edit much. Like there's right. no need to, yeah. to get rid of the beauty that we are. Right. And they collapse in my arms and they, they say like, I've never seen myself in this light before. Thank you for showing me my you know myself right and a lot of the women too have experienced abuse that have been with makeup and 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 photography so this is it can be a triggering thing but i encourage them to to trust me that they can open up and be safe and feel safe with me yeah and that i'm not trying to paint a face on them that is different from what they are i'm trying to pull out of them what I see the strongest version of them so that they can see that the other thing that this provides for them is instead of looking at people in the media and scrolling Instagram and thinking, I want to look like her. I want to be like her. This gives them an image of themselves that they can look to and be, I want to look like her and I want to feel like her every day. It's them and they want to feel like that every day. So, wow, that's powerful. Yeah. Man, I can imagine some of the experiences that you've had there. You know, um, what what has been your toughest, I guess, challenge with this new foundation that you're doing? What's been what's been some of the tough challenges that you have faced because of this? Well, <laughs> the reality is is that I'm a survivor and I get triggered, so okay. I have to be on my A game so often and here's the thing i did all the healing that i could and i thought man i am so i am whole (laughs) and then i got remarried and it's a whole new ball game and it's a whole new set of things that i've needed to work on and heal and so as i'm i think the hardest part is to just make sure that i don't i don't take home and absorb what I'm I'm experiencing at work when I am working on these sure. photo shoots yeah. and making sure that I am doing my dailies and doing all the things that I need to to be the strongest version of myself so that I can represent myself in a way that can be helpful and give. Yeah, I can imagine hearing some of these stories brings you right back to what you went through, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So have you have you ever had a moment where you did break down? Uh, with a client, you know, just because it was so real and raw to you? Yes. So I have been lucky enough to find people to to work with me that understand also. Right. And so it's it's almost this unspoken, like I, I can look at her and she can know you need a break. So I'll yeah. go into the back room. I'll shed a few tears. I'll take a break and I'll, I'll acknowledge and recognize what I'm feeling. Yeah. Take a breath and then walk back out. 
Like yeah. that's if if I try to fight it, it gets worse. If I right. you know I don't want to have a complete breakdown, you know. But. Well, you bring something up that's I think is very important. You mentioned you acknowledge what's going on. Explain right. that and why that's so important and critical in moving forward. Well, if I if I deny the fact that I'm human and that <laughs> I have these these right. emotions and right. these feelings, that's that's what I that's what happens when we have these feelings come up and these emotions, whether they're rational or not. That doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It's real to me in the moment. So I need to recognize that it's there, acknowledge that I'm human and that's why it's happening. Tell myself that I'm safe, make sure that I'm Mm. okay, and then let it go. Wow. If I don't do that, it builds up, it builds up, it builds up, and then I explode. (laughs) I love those steps, basically, what for someone to do. Is that something you learned on your own? It is, yeah. Wow, that's impressive. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, I would think that that's probably something that's also taught as well, you know? It is, and later when I did go through therapy, uh, the addiction therapy, right, when you have an addictive thought come in, you have to recognize and acknowledge and, you know, like, let it go. That's the same with triggers. Yeah, we do the same thing here. So yeah, no, that's powerful. Yeah. So um, you you have you said you went through uh, a really abusive. Was it a marriage that mm-hmm. you were in? Mm-hmm. How? Give us just a little background on that. You don't have to go on the details there, but you know how how was that? And knowing what you'd gone through, and how did you get out of it? So I. I had this checklist when I was younger of all the things that I wanted in a man, right? right. And <laughs> and this man fit all of the check marks. And in our marriage, as it progressed, I didn't know about an addiction that he had. It was to pornography. Mm. And it altered his brain as we as we progressed in our marriage okay. and he started suffering from anxiety and depression and that was taken out on me. On you. Oh, and wow. we did not we, we were not able to work through it and it turned from, um, he was physical with another woman, so it was infidelity, but also he was physically, it turned physically abusive to me where I was unsafe. Okay. My life was in danger Wow! and it took, even though all of these things happened, it was, you know, in the beginning I thought if he ever hit me, then I'm, I'm gone. Like right. that's, that's my line, that's right? The line, that's, yeah. that's just the typical thing. And sure. then it happened and and I, it was almost like I was so weak that I would justify every behavior that I saw in him. Yeah. And that sounds, that's pretty common too. I think when someone's stuck in an abusive relationship, you know, you feel weak or you believe you're weak and you just kind of justify it away almost. Right. Well, right? and, and he had also made me believe that mm. I was okay. this weak person that, sure. that, needed him that was so reliant on him for my existence that I couldn't function without him. Without him. Right. So, and, and that he was the best I could do. Mm. I, I was from a poor area that kind of, I, I had been rescued by him. Right. Uh, okay. So I, it, it took me a while to, to, th- there was a moment I, I, recognized that somebody was lying there he was telling me lies about myself and then i was getting compliments from everybody else in my life that i was i was so i was an amazingly strong woman that could make a difference in this world and he was telling me you cannot make a difference in this world because you are weak and you have nothing to offer these are exact words that he would say so so i sat down and thought somebody is lying either all of these people in my life are lying (laughs) 
or he is. And it was this aha moment of, oh my goodness, he is lying to me. He is, he is destroying me and he is abusing me. And at that moment, it was like, I had to analyze what to do. Um, After finding out about the infidelity, I did ask him to leave for a bit, but didn't have divorce on my mind. Right. But after those three months, I could tell when he moved back in that he hadn't done the work and our family wasn't a priority for him to save. And so I made the decision to to leave. And I did. And I have not looked back because of how much effort I put in to trying to make that work. Right. So. Wow. You know, that um, that's tough to hear. I mean, it's probably hard to even talk about it, but to have someone tell you that you're all these negative things and while you're going through it, believing it on some level. Yes. Right. To my core. I totally To your did. core. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, to, and when you look back on it now, you, you probably go, why did I, you know, why did I start believing that stuff? You know? Right. But again, when you're in the middle of it, it's hard to kind of see beyond that. Is that correct? It is. And it. What what happens is it's not just like right like if you would have said that right away I would have <laughs> been like okay see ya yeah right but over the years you get just broken down and broken down and there's gaslighting involved and you just don't even know what's left and what's right what's up and what's down you don't know you question everything about yourself yeah. your opinions your beliefs everything because you you don't know this yeah. person has been telling you different for so long yeah so it took me a long time to rewire that and there are even times today when. I'll have to make a phone call to somebody and be like, okay, I need you to walk me through this because this is what I was told and believed yeah. for all these years. And this is what I think. So help me decide, help yeah. me figure this help out. Help me figure it out. Yeah. Right. Well, you mentioned a term and I think this is very common with people who abuse is you said gaslighting. Correct. Can you explain to our listeners what that is? Yeah. So it stems from a movie that was back in made back in the day where an abusive man he has he has a gaslight on and and lives with a woman and each day he dims it just a bit and she says is the light dimming and he's like no you're losing your mind like you the light's just fine and he'll dim it even more mm. and then she's like i really think that the light is we're losing light and he's like no we're not you are making this up why do you keep bringing this up this is yeah. so you know you're crazy so it's things where when we catch somebody in a lie, they try to twist all of the truth and make us feel like we're actually the ones that are crazy and making it up, that we are okay. so worrisome that right. we, we, you know, are, we're the crazy one. Yeah. So there's something wrong with us. And that's pretty common with women who are being abused, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And again, like you said, it you, you were buying into these things that were being told. But then when you had your friends and family going, no, you're this, this and this. And you're going, OK, who's lying? Yeah. And that was almost like when you had that aha moment, you're like, OK, I'm now seeing it for what it is. Right. Yeah. But I would imagine those beliefs still lingered on for a little while. Oh, yeah. And even even still even today. still today. Yeah. 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 So how do you deal with it when you you have those thoughts again? Is it as simple as what you said before you? You acknowledge it, you refuse it basically and say, no, I know that's not me and I'm not going to buy into that kind of thing. Yes, there's, I'm, I'm pretty self-aware. Now <laughs> that doesn't mean I have all of the control in the world, but I'm self-aware. Right. So even when I'm, when I'm triggered and going through all these emotions and I have this, you know, this, this thing that I'm trying to work through, I can be highly emotional about it yeah. and, and at the same time know it's irrational. So I, I can feel all the emotions, but also take a step back and think, okay, where did this stem from? Why is it happening? And how do I get through it? 
I, I have, I've done so much work that it's just second nature to me now yeah. that I, I'm able to do that. But that's yeah. years and years and years of work on it. Of work, yeah. Yes, but, yeah. but I mean, that's, that's my everyday life. That's what I have to live with right now. And, yeah. and yeah. Well, it's like we go back to what your brother said. This is your gift. All these hard things is, is opened up for you to do this. And here you are working. You have to work hard at this, correct? Yes. That's yes. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But because of that extra work and that extra effort you're putting in, it ends up being your strength almost. Exactly. Again, that's what why you're so good at your nonprofit, that you get to help these women and they can relate with you. Mm-hmm. They just go, man, this woman's been in my shoes. Right. It's, it, it's almost like somebody finally gets me. Somebody yeah. finally gets me without words. They can just look in my eyes and see like they're on the same level as me. Right. Yeah. And the other day, my husband and I were driving and he, we were, we were talking, we've been married three and a half years. Okay. And he said, you know, what would our lives be like if we had met in college or something like that? Yeah. And there was this moment of, don't you dare take this away from me. I, it wasn't like, oh, I'm so thankful. It was, don't you dare take my depth from me. Don't you dare take my awareness away from me. And it was an interesting reaction. I did not expect that. Of course, (laughs) I would have loved to have been married to him for all of these years and and have all of our children together and all of those things. But instead, it was like, like, no, I have worked so hard to become the person that I am. And yes, I have moments of weakness and, and all of those things, but I... I'm, I'm a much different person than I was. Wow. Well, with that said, here's a tough question, but I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Okay. <laughs> with that said, would you change anything? I would not change anything. I genuinely feel like I have done the best that I could in every situation right. given to me. And yeah. so because of that, I've lived with no regrets. Questions sometimes, sure, you know. Yeah. But no regrets. So I would not, I would not change anything. That's powerful. And I knew that that's what you were going to say, but I want our (laughs) listeners to hear this because think about it. We're all struggling on some level where we've been through some stuff, every single person on the planet, right? Mm -hmm. And I think our listeners who are hearing this, I want them to hear that message that if you're currently going through something really, really difficult, remember that one day you will look back and go, I wouldn't change it Mm -hmm. because of what you're saying, Annie. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. So now, I mean, you're a mom, you mm-hmm. know, you have kids. Uh, I would assume you have, do you have daughters? I do. Yeah. So gone, going through this and now you have your own children, what are some things that you have taught them or some guidance that you have given them as you're raising them to maybe help them with, again, with the experiences you've been through? So from the beginning, I've tried really hard to have an open dialogue about our bodies, about okay. healthy sexuality, about safe places that we can we can talk, that I'm a safe place. Okay. And Love that. I I have worked really hard to help them understand what is what is okay that they have a voice, that they can they can say no, this doesn't make me feel good or different things yeah. like that so that if something does happen to them as a child that they can voice that it's been interesting bringing in stepchildren i right. i have two stepdaughters and i didn't have the option to talk with them as little girls 
about these things. And so yeah. we're jumping right into all of this. Uh, <laughs> right. you know, one of them is a teenager. Yeah. And it's like, uh, she's used to it now. But I think the very first conversation, it was like, oh, my. Yeah. And it's like, look, this is what I do. <laughs> and this is how I work. So you just need to get comfortable with it. Just start talking. Right. <laughs> so, and so now I think that she she understands and appreciates, I would say, yeah. that. But... I had, because of negative beliefs that I had about my body, mm-hmm. I think it prevented my intimacy in my marriage. And I, sure. I, I think, you know, there's so many things that are connected to all of this. And I, if I can help them in some way, I know I can't prevent everything. And I, I'm not, right. not going to prevent all of their sufferings that are going to happen. And in 20 years, we're going to look back, you know, before it was, you know, we didn't talk about any of this. And right. the, is it going to be, oh my gosh, we talked about everything. <laughs> that was way too much information. Right. We don't know. Right. You know, we're just doing our best. Yeah. But that's that's what I try well, to do. Well, a couple of things I love what you said. One is uh, that there there's people and places that are safe. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I'm safe, right? I think that's a critical thing to teach our children that you, you need to surround yourself or at least know where people who you can go to that are safe, right? right? Did you find that that was an important part of this whole thing? Yes, I, I did. And and building building a network around around us I is, is really important. When people approach me with the desire to leave a marriage, I'm not a divorce coach. And that is not my intent <laughs> is to, to separate right. people. But there right. are times when it needs to happen. Sure. The first thing I say is you need to talk to people in your life. You need to form a network of people that know what you're going through. So so pick two to three people. Let's discuss who it can be. And sometimes it's mom. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's mother-in-law. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes right. it's sister. Sometimes it's friend. Religious leader. There there are people in our life that are safe. And and we need to find those and, and form a network. And, and just as you were saying, teaching my children, who is safe and who is unsafe, who yeah. makes them feel safe inside yeah. and what does that feel like? Learn yeah. how to recognize and acknowledge what they're feeling Ooh, inside. That's, that's powerful. And the other thing I think you, you mentioned and you're doing with your children is communicating. Mm-hmm. Like you're actually talking about some hard things right. with children, right? Mm-hmm. How, I mean, that to me seems like it's got to be one of the most critical things to do because it'd be easy to like, let's don't talk about it. Just, you know, because it's it's a heavy thing, right? Yeah. But you, but you, because of what you've been through, probably like no, we're we're talking about these things, yes. like you said earlier, right? <laughs> yes, my my husband <laughs> didn't come from a very open communication right. uh, marriage previously, so that wasn't so- something that he's very <laughs> used to. And I I laugh because <laughs> I I mean I talk through everything. The moment I realize I need to talk, it's like hey, let's talk. Right. And so he's so used to it now. But in the beginning, it was just like, oh, my goodness. And <laughs> my stepson the other day, he, he did something and we needed to talk about it. And he's like, oh, another one of Annie's speeches. <laughs> and I yeah. just I was like, oh, good. That, he, he knows this is coming. He knows it's <laughs> right? coming. Now he knows what to expect. Yeah. Right. No, I think that's fantastic. I think communicating is one of the, the keys in all of this. Because, again, I think if your children know they can come to mom with, hey, mom's told me about this stuff, but now I'm kind of experienced or I've seen something that's off, I know I can go to mom now. Because <clears throat> right. it's out on the table. Right. Right? Yeah. Have you had um, any, you know, experiences with any of your children where they've, because of these tough conversations, maybe not with abuse or anything, but that they've been more open to you? Yes, uh, there has been. Um, 
one of my children had a friend that that was abused called mm. her right away and so my daughter was able to come to me oh, right wow. and and not only was i able to help her process through things mm-hmm. it it was I, I was able to kind of help her know how to help her friend in a way because she was put in that position of helper at that point. Right. And so there there have been moments, rewards of of this open line of communication that we formed. So, and that's powerful. Yeah. And and um, another another daughter, she just it, she's so open in a way that I'm like, OK, May, not too much, but we, maybe we need to like set some boundaries on like what we say and when right, and, and sure. things like that. But I'm like, eh, I'd rather that than rather that than not say anything. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I question like had I had I said something earlier about the abuse when I was a child, would I have been able to work through that to prevent me from feeling all of those things and change the direction of my life? Right. I don't know. Yeah. But if I can do that for my child, I would love to. Yeah. So wow, that's awesome. Well, what does a day look like for you? Like, well, how do you keep yourself, you know, feeling good, positive? I mean, I know we all have our moments, right, where we're not feeling good and this and that. But so what does your day look like? How do you keep yourself? You know, what are the things you do to make yourself I have centered, I guess? checklists and okay. schedules that I, okay. I live by, <laughs> regimens, um, uh-huh. dailies. I know if I do self-care, I know if I connect with my higher power, mm. and I know if I am making an effort in, in certain ways every single day mm-hmm. that my day is going to go better than it would have. Right. It's not going to be perfect. Right. And I'm, I'm still going to struggle with some things. But if I know if I do these things every day that I, my life and my day will be better. So yeah, I love it. Good advice for all of us, right? Yeah. To do those kind of things. So, you know, um, if people wanted to reach out to you, well, before we get there, actually, I'm going to do this. If there's someone listening to this right now who's struggling who has been through some trauma and abuse, they haven't really dealt with it, or they might be going through it currently mm-hmm. as they're hearing this story from you, Annie. What's some advice that you could give them that uh, could maybe help them maybe either get out of it or seek the help that they need? The first thing, there, there's two things. The first thing that I would say is look up some of these terms that we've used today. Yeah. Gaslighting, um, a- a- abuse, how to tell if I'm in abusive marriage, things like that. Yeah. And, and make sure you're aware of what, what situation you actually are in. Yeah. The second thing is if you find yourself struggling when you look in the mirror or when you look at pictures of yourself, the first step to seeing yourself in that light would be to look in the mirror and not say anything positive or anything negative about yourself. Just look in the mirror and say, there I am. Mm. there I am I exist if we try to fill our brains with with things that we don't actually believe right now in in the moment when we're struggling like I am beautiful I have beautiful eyes I you know in the moment I don't believe those things about myself (laughs) no way I'm lying to myself so (laughs) if I just simply say I exist there I am Mm -hmm. and study my face Mm. get to know my face yeah that's the first step, I think, in in reconnecting our brain to our body. Yeah. So. Wow, I love that. Um, so I wanted to, you know, I was 
doing some research and I I was looking on uh, the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence mm-hmm. and they've got all kinds of statistics on there. But I one that blew my mind um, that was 24 people per minute are victims of rape or physical violence. Yes. So if you break that down, that's 12 million men and women over the course of a year mm-hmm. that are being either going being raped or physically abused. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away how, I mean, I know what happens, but I didn't realize that much. That that was an eye-opener. And you probably knew these statistics as well. Right. But I think your story, unfortunately, is very common. It is. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's probably why you do what you do because you want to make a difference, right? I suffered in silence for a long time. So yeah, I want to bring a voice to this. Wow, I love that. (laughs) And that's why we're doing this podcast Mm -hmm. today because I want people to hear your voice and hear your story and hear what you're doing. If people wanted to reach out to you and they want to know more and they want to know more about hashtag fly and how they can be involved or if they just want to come seek and have your services, you know, the... The, the what is it what do you call it the the makeovers and the photo shoots and right. they want to do that because mm-hmm. they've been through something what's the best way for them to do that so hashtag fly it's the word spelt out hashtag so hashtag fly dot org okay. is our website and gotcha. then hashtag fly underscore we have a little baby Instagram page that we're just getting going <laughs> and so you can message on there or or send um a uh, you can communicate through the through the website. So those would be the two That'd ways. That'd be the best way. Mm-hmm. Great. And then obviously, if they reach out to me or someone, I'll obviously pass them along mm-hmm. to Annie. And uh, but uh, I I can't thank you enough for being willing to sit down with us for a, a minute here and share your story and kind of what you've been through. And I'm just I'm grateful for people like you who are out trying to make a difference. Um, one of my things that I say a lot to my clients that adversity or addiction, but we'll use adversity here, is your wake up call to your greatness. Mm-hmm. And going back to what your brother said, and again, I'm just blown away at your brother right now who said, hey, you know, these are your gifts. Let's do this. You should do this for good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just, I'm, I'm just grateful that this is what you're doing now and you're making a difference out there. Thank you. I appreciate you allowing me to spread this, the awareness and, and bring this taboo topic to the surface. Yeah, absolutely. No. Well, there you go, folks. Annie Smith, thank you for joining us. Please reach out to her. Please, if you're struggling or you've been through it, she's someone that understands and understands in a way that she will talk to you and she's real, as you can tell, Mm -hmm. she's real and raw. And I think that's what makes her great. And uh, so please reach out to her. Again, I want to thank all of you for believing in me and listening to this belief cast week after week after week, man. We're, we're cruising along. We got so many followers. It just blows my mind. And, uh, and I'm grateful that a lot of people are going to hear Annie's story today. So thank you for joining us. And once again, Annie, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Absolutely. No problem. Thank you. Thank you.